0: to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And
1: now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. Bang, bang, my fellow Goalie Hacks community, and uh, back for another episode. I'm your host, as always, Mike Santaguida, and welcome back to the show and Welcome to all our new subscribers and, and welcome to everyone who's been along for the ride for a while now or, or if you're just joining us in the last several weeks or months. Um, really hope you guys are enjoying the episodes we've been releasing lately. We've got a ton of great ones still lined up obviously uh, to come in the next few months and, and well into the future. So make sure to, to definitely tune back every Tuesday and we never miss a deadline. We never miss an episode and I promise that that will be the case as long as the show is alive into far into the foreseeable future. Uh, I'm, I'm having so much fun doing this, connecting with you guys, uh, connecting with all the great guests, and having an opportunity to really just share a ton of knowledge and bring value to the goalie community. That's really my mission here. And uh, you guys should know that we will deliver. And every Tuesday morning, you can tune in to get the inside scoop and the best hacks that goaltending has to offer, uh, diving deep into the de- developmental side of goaltending. You know, with goalies and coaches across the globe participating in the highest levels of hockey. And, uh, you know, it's my pleasure and my mission to help 5,000 character-driven goaltenders become professionals. And whether you're a youngster just coming up or about to make that jump to junior college or pro, or even if you're a beer leaguer or an older guy and you're, and you're looking to get that edge, Well, you've come to the right place and uh, I always stress and inclusiveness right from episode one back in February, inclusiveness and equality amongst everybody looking to get information to help level up their game. And uh, like I said, you guys have come to the right place. So I hope you guys are enjoying what we're offering. I hope you guys are bought into the goalie hacks mission as well. And uh, I look forward to, to just continuing to serve you guys as we go forward. You know, you guys are the hero of my story. And uh, I appreciate every single one of you so much for tuning in. So, um, thank you again for tuning in today. You know, we got an awesome episode featuring Jack Hart uh, founder of uh, Finn Goalie Training, one of the one of the most popular online uh, goalie training schools in the in the online goalie niche. Uh, current assistant coach in the DEL two, the DEL two professional league in Germany. And uh, Jack is also the co-founder and creator of the well-known X Tracker and Anchor Pegs. And Guardian Pegs, very well-known products. And uh, today we dive deep into his unique professional experience during his time playing, uh, his time working in the Canadian Junior Tier 2 Leagues in Eastern Canada. And now his journey becoming a professional coach and beyond, including diving into his product development, where the ideas come came from, etc. So uh, Jack is just a great guy, you know, very salt of the earth uh, uh, guy and, and has some great insight into what it takes to really play at the next level and uh, what truly separates amateur goaltenders from pros. So stick around for the whole episode. Um, I know you guys won't be disappointed. Uh, Shout out to all my mentorship students, a part of my inner circle. And the clan now has grown to 19 kids. 19 kids looking to catapult their development and participate in being much closer to me uh, so I can help them with all their problems and help guide them through their careers, and especially during a tough time like this. So if you're interested in working much closer with me, uh, we offer private group chat access where you get instant access to me. Uh, private monthly Zoom mentorship calls with member Q and A. Uh, something to add to the to the the group chat accesses. Um, I I now my my DMs guys have have been so flooded, and, and I'm constantly uh, taking time here and there to go through them. But if I'm not getting back to you, it's it's nothing personal. It's it's a matter of prioritizing work. Um, and uh, the inner circle inner circle members get priority of, of messaging me inside uh, The messaging app where we facilitate that conversation and with everybody else. I absolutely will get to you It's just a uh, it's a prioritization thing So I love you all and and I will get to so please just be patient with me There's just so much work on my plate, but if you want to get quicker access to me uh, Where you don't have to wait for me to respond those guys take priority um, just to let you guys know. Uh, but if you want video review or, or, or 1v1 phone calls as well, you know in, in the hacker tier we offer routine templates, recruiting templates that you can send coaches, in-person evaluations, in-person privates, all sorts of stuff and we're adding more value every single day. So uh, head to patreon.com/ goaliehacks uh, also including the show description uh, to see more details and to get started today on catapulting your development really looking forward to seeing you guys on the other side hopefully uh shout out to neurotracker x our other main sponsor and if you haven't heard yet 25 other members have gotten started since inception six months ago and if you're interested in joining them and getting started with the most scientifically proven brain training tool in high performance sports proven with 60 plus clinical case studies to increase peripheral awareness reaction speed working memory Uh, increase your hockey iq multiple object tracking and many many more facets required to be an elite goaltender that you can isolate well we're offering goalie hacks exclusive programs to my users only that are built and developed for ice hockey goalies in particular to help you level up your game much faster today so head to the link in the show description to get started today Uh, send me a dm if you have more questions or head to the link in my instagram bio to check out my ntx review of the product uh, to see more firsthand as well Um, but just another note we also do a giveaway every month right for the goalie hacks podcast where we draw four winners so make sure to stick around to the end of the episode for the full details on how to enter our monthly podcast giveaway where we give away ntx uh ntx subscriptions Uh, products books all sorts of things it it depends on who the guests are and and what we're offering but uh, stick around to the end of the show to get full details on how to enter and the good news is even if you enter and don't win this month you're entered into every single giveaway we ever do on the show so you're definitely bound to win something but without further ado let's get into this week's episode i know you guys are going to love the chat Jack and I had today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Goalie Hacks podcast. I'm excited to be joined today by one of the most well known goalie coaches in the online goalie niche, over 14,000 followers on Instagram, co founder of the Quick Anchor Pegs and the X Tracker, and owner and founder of the Finn Goalie Training School, Jack Hardigan. After playing junior hockey down in the States on the East Coast, he then followed that up by playing a few years of pro hockey over in Finland from 2007 to 2011. And since retiring in 2011, Jack has coached Tier 2 Canadian Junior Hockey in the MHL, the Maritime Junior Hockey League in Eastern Canada, as well as spending the last several years overseas in Europe coaching at the professional level. He's currently the assistant coach for the EHC Freiburg and the German DEL2 League, and I couldn't be happier to sit down and chat some
0: goaltending development with him
1: today. Jack, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show, man.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot, Mike. It's, it's great. To, uh, I've been following the, the podcast for a while now, and I think it's great what you're doing for goaltenders around the world. It's uh, it's been great. Uh, I really got introduced to you um, at uh, Justin Goldman's uh, goalie retreat there, and and been following along ever since. So it's been uh, I, I love the stuff that you're uh, you're coming up with, and uh, it's it's uh, it's great. Actually, even on the ice today, um, we were talking about the uh, curved. T push is opposed. Oh, yeah. There to, you go. <laughs> yeah. That's something, uh, that's something I've been, uh, preaching for a long time is the curved, curved, uh, T push opposed to straight, yeah, straight across. So it's funny that that came up today in, uh, in one of our skating drills with, with one of our goaltenders. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah no, no, right on, man. It's, uh, I actually didn't know that you were familiar with the program and stuff. So, uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I appreciate the kind words. I mean, we, uh, try to have some fun and and try to give back to the goalie community. I'm a little bit, uh, I had this idea a few years ago, but I I was just kind of starting my pro journey and it was a little bit choppy. So I I was kind of, you know, held me back a bit, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to have the program and have guys like yourself, uh, come on the show, you know, great to have you on. And, um, you know, I've, I've seen your goaltending school name pop up everywhere, since coming online and and I knew that you'd just be a great resource to to turn to, to turn to to chat some goaltending and you know I know the the community will likely think so as well so thank you for coming on today man happy to have you here
0: no problem it's it's exciting it's great
1: right well I I'm I'm actually just curious and we just kind of chatted a little bit how you're you're over in Germany right now and uh you know moving around you said you just traveled to Switzerland a little bit, but um you know how sort of things function during COVID and and how's your season looking for getting underway soon
0: yeah well luckily we start tomorrow is our regular season we got to oh, right on congrats yeah we're, we're excited so it's been a busy couple of days like I was telling you a little bit earlier there we're putting together a a new gym for the team because our uh, facility that we're using is closed down and Germany's actually in a, a type of a lockdown right now so the restaurants and in bars and and uh kind of public areas are mostly closed down so mm-hmm. but luckily luckily uh the the government kind of came through with a bit of uh support for the professional leagues um nice for uh, soccer and and hockey and a few other sports To uh they, get, they gave some funding to keep to keep the teams afloat because we're not allowed to have, right. we're not allowed to have fans right now and and uh but it's great to see them supporting their their athletes and keeping the keeping everything open. So for for the team, anyways, so we're we're able to operate and play games with lots of restrictions and lots of protocol. But it's it's definitely worth it.
1: Yeah, I mean it's better than most. It's uh, I actually just recently was I was signed to a team in Belgium, and the the league got canceled indefinitely.
0: Oh yeah, the the Benin.
1: And then looking at the numbers there. The COVID numbers are just skyrocketing there now, all across Europe, really. So um, it's good to hear that they the the government stepped in and is providing some funding because I just I just think it's 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 not very feasible for so many teams, and it might not even be for like the ECHL over here in uh, North America, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, I know there's a few goalies back home that you know their ECHL team is not even on the docket to operate this this year and I mean it's it's tough it's it's cutting some guys careers short possibly yeah you know or to have a full year off and it's 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 unexpected and a lot of them put a lot of training in the summer and just kind of waiting for things to yeah right kind of boil over right but it's yeah it's tough
1: well you know hopefully we uh I'm sure everything will go back to normal in a year but for right now everybody's got to kind of hunker down and and uh you know grind it out because it's going to be a bit of a rough year but um you know let's uh let's jump right in and uh you know get going with the content um but maybe you can just start off you know by briefly sharing a bit of your story uh your background and sort of how we got to where we are today
0: yeah so i've been goalie coaching full-time uh for 10 years now this is actually my 10th 10th year full-time so i've been really nice i was really lucky uh kind of coming out of hockey when I was younger I was I was always kind of coaching back home for fun and working at goalie schools and and uh, I was involved with uh, minor hockey in Bedford Nova Scotia I'm from Halifax originally still still live there in the in the off season and uh, I I got involved right away when uh, when I stopped playing and uh, I was lucky enough to get a full-time job with Bedford minor hockey as their goalie development director and then I uh, started uh, started finn goalie training uh, not too long after and and basically the whole idea was at the time I, I had been going to uh, while I was playing in Finland and got exposed to their goaltending development and and, and the structure and the system mm-hmm. and, and just the the way they play over there um and and I really was blown away by the whole the whole structure of the whole thing so I I ended up Going back every year to a uh, goalie coach with uh, goalie pro uh, with Yuka Ropin who's kind of who was a huge mentor for me and st- still is we, we you know mm. we're, we're, we're great friends now and uh, I got to see kind of firsthand the goaltending development in Finland and I really wanted to bring the the structure and the ideas back to back to Halifax and, and yeah. Canada and and kind of kind of share the knowledge and that's kind of where Fin goalie originated from was was all was all about the the finish techniques but but more importantly the uh the structure and the uh the development uh formats that they have is really what uh really what uh finn goalie was was all about and still is today is trying to was bringing that kind of structure to it and obviously it's uh it's evolved and like most goalie coaches we're constantly learning and changing our changing our approaches and and uh, keeping up with the game so that's kind of where it all started
1: yeah i'm just curious what was uh you know you say it kind of surprised you but what was the most surprising about their philosophy and, and sort of
0: development format yeah well originally it was you know the stuff that goalie nerds like us love or goalie geeks is it, <laughs> it was all the technical like their footwork they essentially at the time used zero t push like you know and, and that in that time it was all about you know me being from Halifax we had a lot of Quebec influence there was absolutely no tolerance really for a straight across T push and and uh, the blocking butterfly was still pretty popular at the time and the way they used their hands like you know guys like Rene and and Ranta and and guy like the way they used their hands there was so prevalent so that was like was blowing me away how how good a hand eye these guys had and And their footwork was just, it almost was like you were put on a different planet because their footwork was so, so different. A lot of C cut and a lot of, uh, a lot of shuffle and, and to kind of learn and, and find out why they do it. And, and it all kind of made, makes sense. And it's kind of cool today to see the game has kind of evolved, you know, the pendulum's kind of gone the other way that you see a lot more guys, especially bigger goaltenders really utilizing the longer shuffles and right. and and what you know what, what they call now lateral release. We, that that was kind of something they were doing in Finland for for a long time is is that, that longer shuffle and uh getting their feet set kinda of always to the play and and uh and even the step outs off the post was uh stopping on their outside footstep off the post was a uh, another kind of footwork movement that that was something that I didn't really At the time, I didn't know about it, and 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 to learn and understand what why they do it and how how to do it was pretty cool. So, that was uh that was kind of the first thing with Finnish goaltending that I got exposed to, and yeah, second thing with Finnish goaltending that I learned a lot about was their their dedication to their off ice preparation, even at the youngest levels. Like these goaltenders were doing, you know, basically gymnastics before their practices and it was mandatory and, and, and expected of all the goaltenders to, to warm up and, and, and do these goalie off ice sessions pretty well before every practice and mm-hmm. every off day. And they you can see in their flexibility, uh, like they're, they're, they work hard at it and they have a system and it's, it's really, uh, that was really cool to see. And I think that's one of the biggest differences from, from, uh, Europe and, and back home is just their little, little bit more dedication to the off ice, uh, to the off-ice game in terms of uh philosophy I think the younger kids are really 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 dialed in with that that type of stuff so it's cool to yeah. see
1: so they're they're basically a lot more focused sort of on the athleticism side right
0: yeah uh, at an earlier age you know it's it's definitely a, right. it's definitely a bigger percentage of their training is is incorporated into their to their daily training at hockey you know you get to the rink there's usually an off-ice session for an hour, and and a proper warm-up that's kind of administered from the team, and it's kind of ingrained in those in those players to do that mm-hmm. all the time. So, what
1: is uh like? Maybe you can detail a bit. You know what you said. It kind of looks like gymnastics. What are some of the things that uh, they incorporate into their their kind of pre-skate that, that you think yeah. significantly different?
0: I remember. Uh, I remember. There's a lot of there's a lot of forward rolls and a lot of like backward tumbles and and uh and a lot of a lot of hand eye um yeah and uh, really focused on flexibility was at the younger age and coordination so I think they were really trying to build a lot of coordination for these goaltenders at a younger age Mm -hmm. and that's kind of that's kind of like the the biggest takeaways I had with that and and just a little different approach I think back home we're very strength focused at at times Um. and and that can definitely have its benefits but I think you know, we kind of have that rule of thumb, like you know, if you're you're not lifting weights or doing a whole lot off ice until you're until you're 13 and older. Where, you know, back in Europe, there's a little bit more, a little bit more focus on that that off ice uh, dedication at an early yeah. age. So,
1: yeah. Well, um, you know, why don't we start off a bit, uh, you know, by having you drive uh, dive a bit into your coaching philosophy. And, um, you know, I'm just curious, what are some major areas that you focus on with your goaltenders and why do you believe in these concepts so much?
0: Yeah. Well, at, at the pro level, um, you know, right now in the Dell Two, we have essentially a a starting goaltender who's 30 um, and he's Ben Meisner is his name. And he's, he's played pro hockey, you know, in the East coast and, and uh, NCAA and, and uh, nice. he's, he's had played in the DEL uh, the top league in Germany for four or five years. And now he's, yeah. uh, you know, he's uh, kind of a bona fide starter. And so he, he he's at that level. And then we have two younger goalies. Uh, we have a 22 year old goaltender that's, you know, college age and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, a 20 year old goaltender. So basically we got a, a junior goaltender as our, our, as our other goaltender and, uh, they, they they kind of they're they're kind of on a different development curve than what our 30 year old goaltenders at for sure and most of the league is like that if you look around the league there could be like a a 19 or 18 year old goalie on the roster but also you know uh Riku Hanelis uh, a goaltender that's played a few games in the NHL or you know there's a goaltender uh, Nicholas Troitley who, who I had the chance to work with a little bit in the summer times in in Halifax he's Played on the national team in Germany he's on loan mm-hmm. to one of our DEL 2 teams so there's there's a there's a wide variety of goaltenders um, out, out there so they're all kind of on different development curves for what what you're working on with the, the younger guys it's it's a little bit more you know edge work and footwork and and uh, you know still learning the game and, and teaching them the patience to to play at a pro level Whereas our 30-year-old goaltender, it's it's the little little adjustments that he needs to make to to stay playing at this level, and and little little kind of nuances of the game that that uh, occur for the goaltender at his age. You know, it's it's all kinds of different different little things that kind of you know where he has he's an excellent skater already, and he's got great hands and great hand to eye, and his stance is good and and stuff like that. So there's a little bit more you got to use your eye to pick out the pick out the smaller things that he needs to, to fix mostly in game for, you know, gameplay stuff, kind of, kind of adjusting to that where the, the, the younger goalies, you're, you're more working on patience and teaching them patience and teaching them a little bit more, mm. you know, more, some foundational stuff sometimes too. So,
1: yeah. For the younger guys, um, you know, I, I a lot of coaches say that, that, uh, you know, and even for me when I was younger, I, I did so much skating and, you know, we kind of uh, alluded to it earlier that it's it's the game has sort of moved in that direction where it doesn't matter if you're big or small now. It's um, it's really moved away from that blocking style and, and gone in the direction of everybody needs good footwork. But um, why do you think that's so important, um, you know, for, for younger goalies out there to really be focusing on their footwork and their patience as well?
0: Yeah, I think for patience, you see You know, being in the minor hockey world for the last ten years and and doing camps and stuff, it's uh, the skating. I feel like we've got down pat. Like us goalie coaches, is Mm -hmm. we can always get our skating in, and and our like you can see the goalies developing their skating is still probably the most important part of your part of your game. Is if you can't skate, you can't play. Um, But I'm, I'm finding it's the patience now that the goaltenders that are having success are 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 extremely patient and and have really good choice on their save selection so they're they're not just dropping into the reverse or dropping into their butterfly right. with their hands locked and getting beat high i mean you, if you're evaluating uh minor hockey trials that's like 50% of the goaltenders is all drop dropped early on the shot didn't, right. didn't read the release dropped early on the shot you know poor save selection that's for a lot of guys that just went through tryouts, I, I saw some evaluations that came came back from back home, and it's you know fifty percent. It's it, it, it's just dropping early, or can't skate that that type of thing. Mm. Is kind of, I don't think that's ever going to change because the goaltenders are trying to learn their patience. But I think if you can kind of kind of help those guys use their eyes and, and start reading the release of pucks and start start uh, adding that to their game. I think they'll, you, you see a lot of, uh, a lot of improvements with them just, you know, kind of overnight with those guys when you start yeah. focusing on that.
1: Yeah. So. What do you, what do you kind of do with your goalies to help them develop that skill more?
0: Uh, we, we do a lot of, like a lot of eye training now, like um, kind of, mm. kind of with her, that, that's a big thing that I've been focused on and kind of obsessed with over the last couple of years is really, you know, learning about the eyes and, and, and training kind of your, I'll I'll use the 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 status name now is the the head trajectory but actually mm. but actually focusing your your upper body on on being able to to track the puck while it's being released and and a lot of that is kind of coming from having your your nose centered to the puck and and over mm. the top of the puck. So that that's been kind of something that I've been really in the last few years kind of studying more and learning more about is is tra- puck, puck tracking and 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 underst- understanding how that you know how your body works to to read those releases and be patient on your feet for that kind of stuff. So that's kind of been one area of, of focus for me for sure.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I I saw that you're a co-founder of the X Tracker, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So that that's that uh, that whole uh, project was kind of brought to me uh, by Dave Alexander and Mike Valley. So Dave is the uh, goalie coach for the St. Louis Blues, and you know he he had a great season there where they they won the Stanley Cup, and he had a lot lot of success last year as well, and and uh, just easily one of the most intelligent goalie coaches I've ever been able to talk to and and the yeah. same with mike mike is and mike valley was a former dallas stars goalie coach i think he was there for eight years and and has a like a wealth of knowledge he and he's an incredible mind too and and uh basically dave had kind of kind of come come up with the concept concept there a few few years ago now i guess probably would have been three or four years he would i, th- I think it kind of came about with him and carter, carter hut hutton there in uh in St. Louis, they're at the, they were, you know that there you had seen some guys kind of using tape to take away the lower part of the vision, and and he kind of came up mm. with putting some some plastic uh, Kydex, the same stuff that uh, you use for uh, shot blockers. So he put right uh, he put he put that in the oven and actually molded it around the uh, the cage, and uh, they they knew that I was making the uh, the anchor pegs, which was a, a urethane. Uh, Product and and uh, I kind of have the kind of had the knowledge to uh, create a product and go through the process of actually, you know, taking a prototype or taking something that was homemade and, and actually making it kind of come to life and and yeah. you know have a have a brand and have a, a design and make tweaks to it. So that's kind of where they they approached me about kind of getting in on it and on the design a little bit and and uh, developing it. And that's been, uh, I think we're in year three now and it's been, uh, mm-hmm. it's been a pretty cool experience, but we still feel like there's some stuff that we can, uh, adjust to it and, and make the X tracker better. But I mean, if you look at, uh, if you look at the goalie community has really, uh, really embraced it, there's a lot of, a lot of great yeah, pros sure. that are using it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool to see and get the feedback from just the whole, the whole concept of the X tracker. And, and it's, it's been a, a great tool to use in practice and, and, you know,
1: yeah. For, for goalies listening, um, maybe you can detail a bit how exactly focusing on that sort of nose to puck, that head trajectory can, um, you know, can increase your performance on the ice.
0: Yeah. So, so the, the X tracker, basically the whole concept is, is keeping your center line of vision over the puck. And, and basically if you were to take a puck and put it just, below your nose and move the puck without moving your nose, but moving your eyes. You can see that the puck is a lot bigger and clearer when you have that puck directly below your eyes. Um, Mm -hmm. And so this forces goaltenders when the puck is being shot and it's coming into the body that you actually have to follow it in all the way. And you have to, it forces you to turn your head and watch the puck all the way into your glove, which is from novice hockey right to the pros is like an important training technique that can often be overlooked so you you look at that and you try and you try and just watch the puck all the way in but the x tracker actually forces you to do that and that's that's kind of where the the concept came from and uh and basically x tracker takes away all your peripheral vision and and but more importantly it takes away the lower parts of your peripheral and your lower part of your, your vision looking low. So it, it forces you to look low. So if you have a low stick shot, mm-hmm. you know, you're not seeing the puck when it's coming in on the ice with the X tracker on, you actually have to push your, your head down to the ice when the puck's coming in. So it it, it like really forces you to have, uh, you know, correct posture too, like correct posture with your your upper body and, and your stance to watch the puck. And so that's, and that's another benefit of it as well is that it, it forces you to get your, your elbows and your hands unlocked and in front of your body. So, and mm-hmm. when you're rotating, it's great for rotation, for drill, for boys that are struggling with rotating back to the net or rotating on the side um, It forces them to rotate first, like ro- rotate their head and, and their body and then, and then push. So there's some kind of extra benefits kind of as, as you use it, that you find out that geez, this is great for, uh, for a backside edge drill or, or a butterfly slide drill where you got to turn and rotate first and then go because it, it forces you to do that. So it's, it's a lot of body mechanics really with, you know, yeah. forces your, your head to lead with, with your upper body as well. So.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, I'll actually include a, a link to, to go purchase the, the X tracker in the show notes. If anybody's interested in, uh, uh, if if you guys have any more questions as well, I'm sure Jack would be willing to answer your your DMs on Instagram or something like that. Eh?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I handle all the myself and uh, one of my employees back home. Uh, we handle all the uh, the sales kind of avenue and uh, and shipping and whatnot. So we ship out of Canada, and then and if you're in Europe, Ukoropenen uh, has the uh, distribution uh, rights to Europe. So he ships from uh, Finland, and he's uh, He's got quite a quite a bit of stock there, so if you're in Europe, right on. a lot of guys are are, are using it in Europe. So we, you know, that's where you go for that. And and uh, we we handle North America, and actually Mike Valley as well has uh, has stock where he ships uh, for the American orders. So so we, nice. we're pretty quick if you do order, it and we can if you if you click on it there, and you think the shipping's too much, we can usually find a way to uh, to to find you a, a retailer or a dealer that that can get it to you quicker a little bit cheaper so
1: yeah well right on man um but uh you know i mentioned that you played a bit of junior and uh you know then you headed overseas to to play pro as well um maybe you can just actually you're telling me earlier before we got on the call how exactly that all transpired um maybe you can just exactly tell everybody how that kind of transpired and and the cool story surrounding that uh you going overseas and playing pro
0: yeah yeah so obviously I, I had said before, I wasn't a, a standout goaltender or anything, you know, I love being a goalie and I, you know, I definitely could play, but I just, you know, I, I never really quite did put it together, but I, uh, I, I ended up, uh, being fortunate enough to go play junior A hockey down in, down in Maine and, uh, in, in the old, uh, IJHL league and AJHL. And, uh, I, I had, I had goals of, uh, playing NCAA hockey, you know, uh, back then and still now. It's like kind of go the major junior route or you go college route. And, uh, you know, I felt like I wasn't quite developed enough to uh, really crack a major junior roster back then. There was a lot of excellent uh, Quebec major junior goalies uh, coming out of Quebec and stuff back then. It was uh, didn't seem realistic for a, for a Nova Scotian goaltender at the time to really – to really uh, make the cue. So I said, I I want to try and play NCAA. Mm -hmm. So I I was fortunate enough to make a team down there and, uh, and I had a really, really good season and, uh, and uh, yeah. So I was planning on going back and playing another year and then hopefully hooking on to a a division one or division three college team. And I basically was given an opportunity to play in Finland with a, a group of North American skaters so it was all college and uh it was all college and minor pro guys they they basically put together a a team of uh about 25 guys and it was the first time ever in europe that a, a, fu- a full team of north americans would play a full season of uh minor pro hockey because we the way it started out was like it was almost like a college team and mm-hmm. uh they had to have a i think it was five junior age players on the roster to, to enter into the the finish, the finish league. And, uh, and basically we went over and we had, we had an excellent team, but we had to start out in like the lowest tier of, of, uh, minor, minor pro hockey or, you know, it was like the, it was like the fourth finish league. Right. And at Christmas we won, I think we went 26 and Oh, and we moved up. They, wow. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, that, that was basically like a, kind of like almost like a senior senior a type league that we were playing. in, right. and, and then we moved up to, to the Suamist area, third league in Finland, which was actually, you know, that's uh, you know, minor pro hockey and it was a good level of hockey and stuff. And it was, uh, so we ended up moving up to that uh, after Christmas with that team. And, uh, and a lot of the guys basically what it was was like we had our expenses paid for and we had a, oh, we all had apartments and, and cars to drive. And uh, and uh the biggest part of it was, is that we were going to uh, school, going to university for free. So, so we all received uh, our education for free. And, and that's kind of where, how I ended up staying over there for another four years after to the to yeah. degree there. I, I ended up hooking on with another team because that team was just a, a one-year project so I ended up uh hooking on with another team it's it called uh Warkis, and they, they still play and uh we I ended up playing there for another three years and finished up my uh university and and uh unfortunately I had a couple knee injuries and couldn't uh mm. play play anymore it Didn't there was no rooms on the roster for for me so I kind of ended up finding my way into the uh into the goalie coaching world quicker than probably I wanted to, but it was, it was definitely, yeah. it was definitely a blessing to, uh, for that to happen. Cause I think I made it a little bit farther in goalie coaching than I probably would ever in, uh, in, in hockey. So in goaltending, I guess. So, yeah.
1: Well, I'm just curious though. Um, you know, what was sort of the area that, you know, you, you made that transition from junior to pro overseas, um, but what was the area that you struggled the most in, and and had sort of the hardest time transitioning to when you got there?
0: Uh, being being twenty at the time when I I was playing over there it was just it was honestly just looking back at it, I would have not said it back then, but it was just like lifestyle habits, you know, how to how to live on your own, yeah. you know, it was basically, you know, like most college guys, just cooking and cleaning and not going out and partying too much and 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 taking care of yourself was probably for me I feel like I you know I I, I'd punch myself in the face now if I you know because it's it's not practicing what I preach you know it's kind of right stuff like that I for me and I'm sure most guys that age uh, you kind of wish you kind of had done things differently you know worked worked a little bit harder in the gym I feel like I was a hard worker on the ice but I felt like I should have been in a lot better shape off the ice and and those, just those little lifestyle things, I, I wish I could have changed, but, you know, that's, uh, it was part of the learning experience. I think every year we got better at it, but, you know, just being at, yeah. being at that level around, around the guys that were with the, I was lucky to have a really good, uh, goaltender named, uh, John Barrow. He played in the OHL for the starting mm-hmm. and, and down in the central league. He was, uh, he was the other goaltender on our team that first year and he was probably, he was close to 30 at the time. And I, he taught, you know, he taught me so much, uh, just a, about kind of growing up a little bit and, and how to, yeah. how to act like a, a pro and, and play like a, play like one or try and play like one. So that was, yeah. kind of, you know, that's, that's kind of for me that, that was kind of like my, my biggest, uh, regrets of playing, I guess. So, but yeah.
1: yeah. Um, you know, but for, you know, what do you think, uh outside of sort of your personal experience obviously you're coaching now and and uh, the German League and you've been coaching there for a while um but what do you think's the hardest part you know for goalies looking to make that transition to pro hockey and and what what skill you know can uh, goalies listening start working on today to help prepare them sort of for the challenges that that lie ahead of them when they get there
0: yeah honestly with at the at that at that stage if you if you're lucky enough to play junior and and play college like like you have and and I think for that the transition is is to understand when you're trying to become a pro goaltender you have to understand how hard of work you need to put in and it's it's every single day you need to be trying to improve your game you know and that doesn't mean just on the ice it's it's off the ice. Like, are are you in unbelievable shape? Are you in the best shape that you can possibly be? You know, are you studying the game and, and understanding the game? And I think at the pro level, the guys that stick are the guys that fully understand how the game works. And it could be, you know, in Europe, it's a different style of game compared to playing in the East coast hockey league or, or the AHL, you know, it's, it, you, you have to understand you know the chances that you're facing and and the system of of the team that you're facing and and shooter tendencies and and all the, those little things that you know as a goaltender you you got to really dial in and and be aware of your surroundings and what kind of what it takes to be at that level so a lot of it is is a lot of those small things that kind of add up and make a make make the goaltender Better route well-rounded, right? So, because I because goal at this level now, like there's there's goalies that are five ten, five nine. There's goal tenders that are six foot four. It's not, you know, it's not just the size now that that gets you to that level. It's it's a whole another bucket of, you know, of different skills that you have to acquire. And that's that even goes to you know, is your puck handling, is your puck handling a strength of your game or is it the weakest part of your game? Because a lot of goal tenders will try and make make that jump. And that might be a really weak area of their game. I'm just using that as a generalization because that's, I feel like younger goalies that are probably listening, probably don't focus enough on puck handling or as evenly as other areas of their game. And I, that's what's so cool about goalie coaching and and training goaltenders and being a goaltender is there's so many different little aspects of your game that you need to, you need to constantly improve and constantly work on, and you can't just focus on one area, right? So, you know, you got your, your skating, your tracking, your, your off ice condition, your flexibility, your hand eye, you know, your stance, your technical ability, your tactical ability, you know, there's, there's there's probably 20 different kind of skill sets that you need to constantly be working on in, in order to actually try and, put it all, and then put it all together and understand how to play the game.
1: So after pro, uh, you know, you decided to go coach out East in the Maritimes and in the Maritime Junior Hockey League in Canada. Um, but in your opinion, you know, where do goalies from minor hockey struggle with the most when trying to transition to junior hockey?
0: Yeah. So out East when I was coaching back home, I, I, actually spent a lot of, a lot of years coaching major midget and, and junior a. So at the same time, so I was actually able to really, really witness the, uh, goaltenders that could transition and be successful at the junior level and, and goaltenders that didn't transition well and, and, and couldn't really quite handle the, the next level, whether that be junior A or, or major junior. And mm-hmm. and the biggest, uh, the biggest issues I, I saw with a lot of the guys was, you know, at their age, 16 to 20 year old, you know, a lot is going on in and, in, in those young guys life, like, just you know so much stuff like there there, a lot of social stuff going on off the ice and yeah some guys and going to school too. balancing like juniors is a little bit more commitment than than playing major midget you know you you gotta most of the time in in our area guys move away they're living with a billet family they have a lot more freedom and and some of them kind of don't handle that balance that well they kind of get into get into stuff whether it's you know not not training properly or working out or, or if it's just other stuff, they sometimes guys get kind of off the, off the path a bit of what, what they're there and what they're trying to accomplish. And a lot of them are trying to decide if they want to be goaltenders or not, if they want to keep playing. So sometimes I think that that gets in the way Um, game wise and training wise and playing wise. It's just, you know, the game they're playing against essentially, Men now, like you know twenty year old guys most of those guys are a lot stronger and a lot faster, and it's the next level up and and it's can they can they adjust to that to that level and what their their kind of technical and tactical stuff kind of comes into play so so i think I think for those guys it's it's a balancing act and some of them some of them manage it well and and I find it's just comes back to a lot of the guys are that end up going further are guys that are, you know, were the good, the good guys through major midget. They didn't cause problems. They didn't, they didn't Mm. uh, have a lot of like, kind of like issues off the ice, whether it's, you know, listening to the coach or taking feedback from the coach or, or just kind of, you know, guys that are working hard on their own and not having to be told to work hard is kind of, you know, it's kind of goes back to a lot of those, Foundational things that you, you do as a goaltender—it's—it's—it kind of comes back to that kind of stuff where you're, if you're a good, hardworking kid and you you love the game and you truly have a passion for it—it's—it's it, it's the guys that keep their passion bubbles up at that age and and stay focused on their goals that that usually are more successful at that level and and can make the transition. Some guys that kind of. They kind of peak a little bit early, and they, they see a lot of success at the major midget level, and they think it's just going to come easy at the junior A or the major junior level. And it's it, it's one of those things where you got to go back to the well every day and and try yeah. and, and try and improve your game every day. And I, I think that's kind of where a lot of the goaltenders they they kind of miss that point. Sometimes they don't they don't realize that just being successful at the major midget in your own age group. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful the next year, because mm. everything as you go through the funnel, everything gets a little bit tougher, faster, and and there's the pool of guys is getting narrowed down. So it, it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of one of those things. You gotta you gotta adapt, or you'll, you'll 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 die type thing. So it's it's one of those things, right?
1: Yeah, and and for goalies that uh, you know typically have a much easier time um, and and seem to achieve success much sooner in their junior careers, you know, um, you know, you mentioned the hard work, right. And, and obviously that's important going back to the well every day. Um, but other than that, maybe on the skill side or the mental skill side of things, you know, what's the most common underlying theme amongst, um, junior goaltenders or what's the most important skill that they possess that helps them transition much more smoothly to junior?
0: I would say it's, it's the mental, their mental skills, honestly, um, they're like kind of tri- like having a good, strong mental game so- s- skill set, like where, you know, where they can kind of provide some consistency to their game and, and their routine. Um, like t- technical wise, I think the game it, it gets a lot more. There's a lot more east to west. So for goaltenders to be more patient and beat shooters on their feet, um, it's, it means all the difference. I, I see a lot of goaltenders that have success in major midget that are they're they're sliding a lot, they're oversliding, and 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 they're kind of pushing to get to every spot at times, and and they're kind of over over challenging and 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 kind of being out of position because of the east to west play plays that happen more in junior A, you know, and major junior, there's a lot more kind of, you know, on a power play, there's more one timers, there's, there's more tips and deflections. There's more traffic. There's more, there's more guys in front of the net guys kind of crashing the net. So I think it's for those guys to kind of, to adjust their gameplay at that level and, and adjust their kind of skills, skills that they have to, to keep up at that level because you see a lot of major midget guys that maybe get called up or make the jump and they're, they're sliding all over the place and they're, they're, they're kind of, they're not, they're not patient enough to, to play at that level. And I think that's uh, a, a, that's a big one for me. I can just, you can just tell right away when a guy's making his jump to the next level, if he's going to, if he's going to continue to have success, if he's kind of got, got his game controlled, you know,
1: yeah, what exactly, uh, you know, do you recommend in terms of uh, like drills or, you know, work to do to develop sort of that that good east to west skill, but also that patience? Like, what do you do with your goaltenders?
0: Honestly, one thing that I, I've been huge, huge on, and it's it's another one that's kind of been in the goaltending world now for a few years, and 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 got and it goes. It's and it's old school too. Is we we do a lot of uh, what we call box control. Um, I'm sure you've seen a lot of the videos with the ropes to something that's kind of come out of Sweden with, with box control and and basically what that is. A lot of people say, Oh, we did that when we were a kid with the angles and, and learn our angles. And like, but I'll I'll, I'll tell you, it's more understanding exactly where. So like, let's say you're five, nine and you're a smaller goaltender or you're ten. you know, a lot of goalies at that height, will tend to actually over challenge, you know, they'll get out, yeah. get out of their crease and they're getting caught back door all the time. Mm-hmm. And they might have the mentality. Well, you know, that's not really my fault because it was a backdoor play and, and you know, our defenseman should have had it. But the the re- reality is, is at that level, you're going to face backdoor plays. You're going to face, you know, kind of D to D stuff where the guys mm-hmm. are, where there's cross crease, East to west plays, and that's you know half half of your saves you're you're making kind of off the short side. You're not just facing a shot down the slot. I mean, at the higher levels, you're a lot of that stuff is getting blocked or or deflected to the corner, and it's it's a lot of that understanding of where to stand on your short side and and on the on your angle. So what mm-hmm. I like to do is I like to map out with the goaltenders. You know, you're five nine. This is exactly your maximum net coverage in this right. particular angle. And there could there's probably around, I'd say that there's probably around 30 of those little angles in a crease. And there is a perfect foot position and depth control for every single goaltender for every single height. So I like to take the time, take an hour of ice and 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 go through it with the goaltenders a couple times a year and say, Hey, you know, you're you're over challenging here and you're way too deep in certain situations here. And, and right. it really opens the goal. And you put the, you put the, the camera on the ice so they can see it too. So they have it and you, and you put it in your back pocket and you can look at it whenever you're kind of questioning, okay, where should my foot position be for this particular play? And it, and it's not so technical that you're, it's, it's like, you have to do this. You have to be here all the time, but it's like, Hey, your maximum coverage is your toes at the very top of your crease.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and
0: for like a 5'10 goalie at higher levels, like you don't really need to be a foot out of your crease for a shot from the slot, for example. Yeah. And, and for, for our goaltenders where they're facing, you know, if you look at some shot charts and stuff, a lot of shots that are getting through are, are, are not from the slot. They're getting through on the, on the, on the angles. So it's actually mm-hmm. understanding that to dial your game back a bit and be a bit deeper and having good foot position so you can get across without giving up any any uh like any short side yeah. uh, like high glove or high blocker without giving up that that coverage of the net. So I think when the guys start to learn that, they start to really fully understand their their game and that it, it, it's worth the time to go through and it's not a it's not a gimmick at all. It's it's it actually works very well if you can See, see what you're, what you look like in the net, and what you're taking away, and, uh, and that's that's kind of like a little thing with your understanding the game, understanding the game as a goaltender is you you have to start learning, you know what's what's in front of you, right? So, and what you're covering, and 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 another example is is with like a five ten, five eleven goaltender, six foot goaltender is you see a lot of guys narrowing their their stance on on short side plays so one they can be mobile to get across and mm. two they they have that covered you're taking that coverage on the short side away so that, that's been a big thing for me that that's going through and is kind of shortening guys stance to different areas so you know depending where the puck is having different kind of uh, stances different crouches I guess as you would say and, and really dialing that in and figuring out. So so you're kind of looking at this box control stuff. You're saying, where's your foot placement? And where's your stance? You know, where, where are your, your feet at? Are you really wide on the short side? You know, and if you look at those, those videos, if you get really wide in your stance, your foot's past the far post and it's covering a part of the boards, you know. So, and if you're down in the RVH early, what are you giving up? And yeah. I, I think that's a big thing too. When you go back to the major midget to junior A, it, like the overuse of RVH for younger guys is a problem. Everybody complains yeah, about Yeah, crazy. To, but it the RVH is a is a great safe selection and it's a great tool to have in your box. Like it, it's it's part of the game, and it's for something sure. you need to learn and, and need to master and need to use. But uh, a lot of guys. Are, are in it too much and they get caught out on pass outs and, and, and they're down and they're not strong enough to push off the post and they don't have the balance to get off of it. So uh, I think it's like understanding that, that side of things too. And, and every goaltender is completely different. You know, some guys don't even have the hip flexibility to, to properly do an RVH the way maybe some coaches want, you know, and, and, you know, even using the VH, there's a time and a place off the short, Short side attacks. The VH is still one of the best safe selections you can use. So that that's a whole talk and a whole argument for another podcast. I think you could have (laughs) five hours talking about RVH and when to use it and VH and standing on the post and all that stuff. But I I feel like that's something you know a major midget goalie going into junior needs to he needs to fully understand what works for him and. And, and what stance stances he needs to be in and I think it's something that at, at that age you're just trying to work on all these general skills and that's that's a kind of a, a next level skill set is your your safe selection and your and your foot placement in the net
1: yeah yeah know I uh I'm, I'm glad that you kind of mentioned that I I've over the years I've sort of developed uh so um, I'm a bit of a smaller guy myself, so obviously um, clued into the idea that staying on your feet as long as possible was just super important. But also having sort of what I would refer to as, and I'm sure most is sort of a reactive RVH and even a, a VH. And um, kind of what you're detailing out is understanding really how you frame the net in, in certain depths of the ice, because you know if you can come flying out. And and I actually like that you touched on the fact of you know uh, at the next level you are responsible for backdoors you know what i mean you're responsible to make big saves make saves you're not supposed to make those are the guys that are typically pretty successful at the next level the guys that make all the saves they should and some they shouldn't and give their team a chance to win right um and i guess uh understanding how you frame that net um gives you a really good grasp in terms of where you need to be so you can stop either straight up shot or a backdoor play right yep so you spent the last uh, four seasons coaching pro hockey over in Europe now, um, five seasons, right? And, and Norway, Denmark, and Germany now in the DL too. Um, but maybe you can just dive a bit into sort of the culture that you alluded to earlier, you know, behind the, you know, the goaltending development there versus here and uh, maybe detail some aspects in, in their development that you think we're missing over here in North America.
0: Yeah, so I yeah I spent the last five seasons in Europe coaching, and uh, obviously I talked about my uh, experience in Finland and and going back there every year. And uh, I'll say this for sure: like the last over the last five years, you know, Denmark and Norway and in Germany, they're not. You know, they're not. Well, Germany is actually pretty structured with their goaltending program, which is good. It's it's getting better. Yeah. Like they they have a a goalie coaching program, three levels. And and I know the guys in Norway um, are working really hard to develop, you know, so that when you go on the ice pretty well any time, there's a goalie coach uh, present. And uh, the the same with Denmark. They get a lot of Swedish influence and a lot of Swedish goalie coaches. And I think uh, these places are really lucky because they have pro teams pretty well in every city or close to an hour away where there is a full-time pro goalie coach that's kind of used for some youth level hockey and have youth level hockey goalie coaches coming to them for information. And and, uh, the club system works really well here for, for goaltending development, which, you know, we're not quite at and probably will never really be at in Canada, United States, but we're lucky enough private Mm. private training and and that that access for the like high level private training but you know obviously that leaves out uh kids and and goaltenders that yeah might not be able to afford it or or don't aren't able to commit the extra time to do it so i think the, the the biggest difference is you know you get into a club system here like even in freiburg in a in a II two city, which is, uh, they got a great club system here with their, their under 20, under 18, under 16, under 14, under 12, under 11, right down to the, the Adam and the novice age goaltenders where, you know, they get up, we get on the ice. uh, I get to run a goalie session once a week and get out to their games and, and help them out for practices and stuff. When, when I get a chance and, and work with these goaltenders you see a lot of that where there's there's a great system there and they have they have either a pro goalie coach that's there that that's able to help them or they have uh, some pro goaltenders and junior goaltenders that are kind of out helping out on the ice so you know every time the goalie goes out on the ice he's got three pro goalies and a goalie coach out on the ice uh, once a week uh, here in Germany that's that's kind of like at our goalie session, we we run that goalie session once a week. So we kind of know they're getting some development there. Um, and, and that's not the case for all countries, you know, like it's, 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 it's some of those countries are still kind of hockey is not number one sport and stuff like it is back home. It's not a, it's not the number one sport. And, and, but they still have kind of that structure and philosophy, of of the club system that, that helps develop goaltenders to a to a higher level. And then Finland and Sweden just and even Russia now are just really, you know, they're turning turning the that system and like they're they're just cranking goalies out and having development and they have a really good structure of developing really high level goaltender coaches. So I, I know we're trying pretty hard in Canada to to work the the work the goalie coaches education program and and we, you know, we have three levels now, which is, which is great. And, and uh, we're doing goalie coaching courses and stuff, but there there's, I still don't think there's not, there's nothing that is strong as what a, a club system can bring uh, to, to the, to goaltender development, just because they get a little bit more access to a, uh, to higher level coaching and, and, and they also have good uh, goaltender coaching programs here that where the coaches are getting together. There's a little less of the, goalie camp kind of competition here there's not a lot of goalie camps and stuff and private guys kind of running around doing practices so you get you get to see these guys develop over the years and and you get to stick with them and help them out
1: yeah i uh i was actually talking to somebody um a couple of days ago about uh sort of the system we have in canada and how it's kind of overly privatized but um you know i guess uh both both ways have their um you know both like you said from a money standpoint it's tough but uh you know it can bring some more quality to the table but it's pretty cutthroat in Canada as you know as well being from here eh?
0: yeah yeah I mean there's I think since I started doing it you know I remember being a young goalie coach in Canada and like starting my own company it was like because there's all these other goalie stuff and, and it's not even bad where, where I'm from like it's but I like yeah, then I, you know, I've seen what goes on in kind of the Ontario area, and you're just like, oh man, like
1: yeah, it's a zoo, man. It's it, crazy. It's all
0: about actually trying to develop as many goalie coaches as you can to try and help everybody's level. You know, every every goaltender get the help they need, but it's it can get pretty uh pretty sticky, right? So it's it's uh, definitely a different culture for sure.
1: Yeah, I I think it, I think it honestly, and just, you know, being online now and stuff, um, I think it's honestly a kind of a disadvantage, right? There's this huge barrier of uh, just competitiveness and ego that, um, you know, really everybody's kind of in their own bubble a bit, right? Um, You know, and, and uh, it kind of creates this like box think idea where, we can't really develop, we can't really think of new things. We're also focused on what we know and what we think we know versus, you know, maybe there's something else out there, or maybe there's something that exists that we can um, modify in some way, right? Being objective about some new concepts and not just totally buying into, um, you know, everything that, everything that we're doing, everything that we teach, knowing that there's more room to grow and stuff like
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it it is so cutthroat sometimes and, and and you know part of it is too is that a lot of the, the minor hockey systems and not all like there's some that are great but like there's so many discrepancies between you know one minor hockey system might have the a goalie coaching company in, in in Canada and work with the goalies all the way down through for a lot of years and they develop some great goaltenders and then you might have a smaller association and they've never had a goalie coach on the ice for the last five years yeah. and and it's like putting kids at a disadvantage. And that you just don't see that here with the clubs because mm. most of the clubs have goalie coaching in the area. And there is some spots, I know there's some spots around here that don't, they don't have a goalie coach, but they, they definitely try. And like, but there's usually in the area, there's some some high level guys that are working full time and, and they're not like, you know, when you're, when I'm over here coaching right now, full time, I don't, I'm not worried about what's going on an hour down the road, at their goalie development, you know, that like, I'm not yeah. concerned who they're training or what they're doing because I got my hands full here, you know? So that's yeah. kind of what I find back home. You're always worrying about, you're, you're not worrying, but you're always kind of looking to see like, is, oh is this goalie company going to come in and, and do something with, and, right. and, you know, or whatever. There's all this like back and forth kind of stuff. So that's yeah. been a nice kind of change to kind of get away from the, there's less politics involved, which is
1: yeah, I would imagine.
0: So,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, during your tenure overseas, now at the pro level, um, you know, where do goalies typically struggle the most when uh, trying to transition from junior or minor hockey to to pro hockey? You said you're working with some older uh, older goaltender and some younger guys. So, where are they struggling with the most when they're trying to make that transition?
0: Yeah, Well, with these guys, it's just it's a lot of the guys. It, and goal, the younger goaltenders in this league is, is actually getting net time, like game time. You know, last year, our goalie played 50 out of 52 games. So wow. the 20-year-old the goaltender was actually really talented um, and was a great goalie. He's definitely can play, he'll be playing in this league in, in a few years, you know, maybe three or four years from now. There's kind of an issue of where they're not ready to play at this level or they're behind just such a strong goaltender that they don't get the games in that they need. And that's really at that age, that's what you need. You need game experience. So luckily there's a a third league here. That's, that's fairly strong that, that a lot of the young guys will eventually end up going back to, but then there's kind of less goaltending help there, less goalie coaching for them there. And, And it's not as sometimes not as serious. So it's kind of, it kind of can hurt you in other areas of development. So that that's the biggest battle for our guys is keeping them motivated that, you know, you're not going to play a lot of games, but you're going to train really hard and you're going to keep developing as a goaltender. So trying to find ways to kind of get that uh, competitiveness going for them. And I, a lot a lot of the reason of carrying three goalies is, is having that kind of competitive battle for the second and third goalie. So they, they're not just uh, sitting on the bench all year and kind of feeling discouraged. Pretty good. Pro league here that a lot of the younger guys get to to go down and play games and 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 get some game experience that way um that's that's really the biggest challenge for those guys is just getting their the games and so they can start building consistency in their their play and you know there's nothing like actually playing a full 60 minute game to kind of gain experience to, to play at this level because it is it is quite a jump if you're a 19 20 21 22 year old goaltender to kind of play in this league and then you even bigger jump at the DEL but at the same time they have really good mentors in front of them so so it's uh you know there's there's definitely some negatives to the goalie development over here sometimes but but that's like a a small issue and where you know a lot of the kids in playing junior a and major junior at least are they're getting lots of games in so so maybe sometimes with the junior leagues, that's kind of kind of an issue here. That's kind of more specific to to Germany, but um, you know, probably most some of the smaller countries, it's the same deal. They just kind of have their their club team, and then maybe they're they're under twenty leagues, not not as strong as as what we see back home, and they kind of need to make that jump. So, but luckily, there's most of the countries have like one or two, or sometimes even three. Uh, strong uh, pro league so
1: and for goaltenders that typically have a smoother transition to uh, pro and and seem to figure it out sooner um you know what's sort of the underlying theme there amongst those goaltenders that allows them to find success and, and get into a groove much faster is it mental physical like what exactly it is what skill do they have
0: yeah so it's for them it's uh basically for their on their mental side is just being kind of resilient that they can keep playing and i mean like for them they know they can play hockey up until they're 30 or or old. Like they kind of leave more on their own terms when they're playing because there's given a longer development window for these guys. You know, a a lot of us are pushed out of the game in Canada and the United States just because we don't have a place to play. Mm -hmm. I find here, if you're a goaltender, you're given a lot more kind of chance and time to, to develop, right? So you're not seeing guys saying like, yeah, I just wasn't good enough to keep playing past. I didn't make major midget so I didn't really have a junior team to play for. And you'd be surprised of how many goaltenders that are kind of like late bloomers. Uh, like bloomers in development and uh, like one one goaltender that uh, that I worked with all the way through that was a great story was uh, a goalie named Oliver Schmidt. He's playing with the uh, Ravensburg Tower Stars in the Dell mm-hmm. 2 right now and he didn't make, he was from Halifax too, he has a German a dual passport, so he's one of those lucky guys that has the the dual passport, And he, he didn't mm-hmm. make major midget, he played junior C, he played junior B, kind of made it a few games to junior A, played like half a season at junior A, and then ended up back in junior B, and then he ended up getting his German passport, like driven, really driven, but just had some like issues in his game, because he didn't develop, he didn't get a you know, he didn't develop until he was a little bit older for his game, and he kept working at it. And then he played – he got a, a chance to play out, out of junior B into the Oberliga in Germany, just kind of walked on and uh, played there for a few seasons and then had a couple great seasons in Germany and then found his way into the Dell 2. In his first year in the Dell 2, he had the best goals against average in the whole league and had, like, a standout year. And now he's – you know, he's he's a full-caliber pro goalie. and. And, you know, he would have been a guy that would have just been pushed, you know, pushed out of hockey six or seven years ago or five or six years ago when right. Junior ended because that would have just been the end of the road. And you kind of wonder how many goalies, how many goalies kind of missed their development window just because they are told to stop playing, basically, or didn't have a place to play. So,
1: yeah, no kidding. I always think
0: of like him as a great example of of, uh, of a goaltender that didn't really. Quit, but he also knew that he could probably go to Germany and find a league to play in. He just wanted to play hockey, yeah. So he found a league to play in, and and uh, and then he kind of worked his way up. And, and you know, he he very well could be in the DEL in the next couple of years because he's still a young goaltender here, and he's he's doing well and, and having some success at this level. So I I think about a lot of goalies like that that just kind of get labeled early back home, and it's it's tough to you know, you get labeled as a triple A goaltender so early on and guys get labeled as like a C or a B goaltender and the like goaltenders develop late. Everybody says that, but there's not really a whole lot that you can, uh, can do because of the way our system is. Right. So uh, pushed out early and, and get labeled. It's tough to, uh, tough to get out of that kind of rhythm. Right. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, and and for goalies looking to make that transition to pro hockey one day, um, you know, what's probably the most important skill that they can, they can work on today um, to be ready to sort of face the challenges of pro when they get there. What's the, what's in your opinion, the most transferable skill that goalies can develop today that will help them one day in pro hockey?
0: Well, it still goes back to having a crazy hard working attitude, you know, super kind of like kind of almost like pathologically obsessive attitude to get to where you're going. And, and, uh, you know, that's, that's, I think that's important. Like if you're passionate about it, have that attitude and then have kind of have that's that mentality that you can play. I think for a lot of guys, they don't have the mentality. They got to kind of really have some really good inner belief that they can actually play because you'd be surprised. I think uh, any kind of goaltender is, you know, small, big, large, fast, quick, slow, whatever they can all, you know, that's the cool thing about goaltending is, is there's no one kind of skill that you can have to, that's going to put you to pro. It's, it's a, it's accumulation of how well-rounded you are and how many mm-hmm. skills you can develop. Right. So, so I think for them, the that like there's not one skill that you really need to, like be unbelievable at but it's like all the skills of goaltending that you really need to to be kind of obsessed with working to be yeah. better so
1: yeah like having that. a bit of a balance across the board yeah, really is just, what truly really really takes like, right
0: like a holistic approach i say that to yeah. the guys like you got to have like a holistic approach because you know i see some goalies that are really good at some stuff and they're not willing to work at other stuff and it even comes down to sometimes I've had goalies through our program that just have had really weak summers. Like they didn't train very hard in the summer and that's like off the ice. They didn't train harder and they didn't keep up with their skates and they kind of just went back to their junior club and it just wasn't enough when they got to training camp, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, you know what, you took a couple months off and it's good to have time off. Uh, you know, I'm a big believer in having time yeah. in the game and resting and, and stuff like that. But the goaltending world is so competitive Right now, that you know, even if you do have time off, there's guys that are working harder harder than you. At something, you know, at their off ice, right? That maybe it's their vision training. It's it's something that they're finding to to get to one up another goaltender, and they're the guys that get the jobs, and that's just the way it is. I mean, and there's sure, there's still guys that are just you know naturally naturally better goaltenders when they first start, and and some of them just have some like god-given talent um, mm-hmm. but even them if they get lazy they they can get passed pretty pretty easily so
1: yeah yeah and then on the recruiting side of things um for pro maybe you can just detail the the, the recruiting process a little bit that you guys go through with your team um and and what's your recommendation to goaltenders who are, who are looking to play pro overseas like what should they be doing to get on your radar and get more exposure in those regions at that level
0: yeah i, I think for europe you know, and you've probably gone through it, like kind of based on your playing, your your playing resume, and where you played and, and stuff. It's, you know, playing in Europe as an import goaltender is, is very very tough. And you know, mm-hmm. you can't really use this year as an example because it's it, every every all these East Coast goalies and, and AHL goalies, a lot of them are getting loaned out and looking looking for jobs and and uh, but like in, in usual years, it's it's a tough crack is a lot of programs only have or leagues only have four import spots, right? Yeah. And if they have their own, if they have a talented enough goalie, that's, you know, got a German passport or play, play, play is from Germany or from Finland or in Sweden, the same thing, they have great goaltenders that can play and they'll use those import spots for, you know, a right-handed defenseman that's played in the AHL or, uh, or uh, an offensive forward that, can put guaranteed put up forty points in their league. Stuff mm-hmm. like that, stuff yeah. like that, is something that some guys will say. Well, I'm going to go play in Europe, and it's like, well, you might have to start out playing in the second league if you get an opportunity.
1: Yeah, um,
0: you might have to play in the third league because there's actually is room to to move up if you if you tear it up there and and you get over in the system. Guys say, oh, I saw this guy firsthand. He can play. Let's let's give him a contract. I, I think that's. Um, the biggest thing that when I'm talking to, you know, our goalies that are coming out of college and university, it's like you know, if you get an opportunity to go over, and uh, that's what you want to do. And i also recommend to those guys too. It's it's important to play a couple couple years in the in the East Coast if you get the opportunity, or yeah. or somewhere in the minor pro, and then and then make the jump because it it kind of boosts a resume because you, you don't really see that many guys coming out of college and, and going straight to a top league in Europe. You know? right you know some of these top leagues in europe's got you know ex-nhl goaltenders as their starting goalies you know so there's yeah there it's it, it's uh but but there's also guys that have played in the in the in the league in the top leagues that have kind of worked their way up that started out in the, the second league or played maybe in you know austria or, or the hungarian league or you know denmark and you know a lot of university goalies go over and play in the british league and you know that British League is is a is a great league. They allow fourteen imports, and they have yeah. a lot of a lot of talented uh, uh, college and university goalies, and some guys that played in the coast that go over there and play, and they they do well. And sometimes they can jump leagues too. So there's a little bit more of a a strategy to that, and and I think too, you know, it's you, you got to have a, the the right people uh, putting putting a pitch in for you too, because
1: yeah, you know, you, for sure.
0: They're not just gonna see if you're not you, you got to sometimes you got to reach out to these teams and email and ask and and uh, contact the managers and, and and see if there's opportunities and if you have an agent that's great but they gotta they got to do the same thing they got to reach out and see what uh, what's realistic but that's been the biggest thing I think with a lot of goalies that I have talked to that have reached out about opportunities in Europe is is it, you you got to have a, a resume to, to come over here and you got to be like realistic about the league you're going to play and you can't have, yeah. your, you can't have your, like uh, your eyes closed to all the leagues just because it doesn't sound, doesn't sound good. Right. Like, you know, right. a lot of guys kind of like back home, maybe wouldn't think of the British league as being a, a, a strong hockey league. And then guys that have been there, know it's, 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 it's wicked hockey and it's, it's a, yeah, it is. It's a great experience and stuff like that. So, yeah, so, like,
1: I think everybody's got to kind of embrace that uh, work your way up mentality. I, I think Europe, like you said, presents a pretty good opportunity because there's so many minor leagues other than the top leagues. But I think a lot of people that play hockey over here in North America think that they'll just be able to jump over there. Um, but it's very competitive there. Like you said, there's there's guys with American League games, NHL games, ECHL games, over hundreds, hundreds of games that you know go to those top two leagues in each country and, and uh, make some good money. Everybody's like, oh, I hear you make good money in Europe. But um, you know, I, I think as the goalie market gets tighter here in North America, um, it, it's you're seeing a lot of, you know, uh, a kind of uh drip into Europe now, a lot more now of guys that are constantly going over there. So um you definitely have to kind of be willing to pay your dues a bit, like you said, playing in the third league, the fourth league, um playing in a, a little bit of a less reputable league because like yourself, your coach, right? It, it gives you a lot more confidence bringing in a guy if you know he did well in the in the Dell Three League, right? Because you're yeah. familiar with that. It's something that you you know that okay he did well here, you know. Whereas if you're playing over here, um, they're not always so confident about uh, you know some some of the places that some guys play because they're not very familiar with it. Is that true?
0: Yeah, well, it's a different game too, right? You're playing on a, a bigger ice surface, and and the games played differently too so it, it, it does help to see guys to see guys or be familiar with them and, and what they can do at sometimes at the lower levels and yeah and I mean obviously the way technology is we can bring up you know I can go on my laptop and bring up games from the east coast from last year and the year before and and watch you know every single save or every single in full games and the whole bit like there's a great program called instat now where you can sign up and you can access every single player that's played in the league so you can and and, you know i think the biggest thing is too there is guys that are playing university hockey in canada that are that are amazing goaltenders that don't sometimes have the opportunity to, to show what they have and i feel like college has been really well scouted which is good you see a lot more guys from college making the jump to the to the coast, but I think it goes back to the same mentality that these college schools are in areas where these, the coast teams can kind of, and the scouts kind of see more of the guy, they're more familiar with them. So they're willing to to take them on. And, and so I think that's something that the, the university guys sometimes kind of miss out on, but you know, that Mm -hmm. uh, university guys in Canada that, but like there's um, there's, there's no like skipping steps, you know, and I think, yeah. you know, based on your, your playing, playing, playing resume and stuff like you're taking, you've taken the steps and you fully understand that that's what, that's what you got to do to kind of progress to the next level is you, mm-hmm. you can't skip, you can't skip uh playing Bantam to junior, you know, you're not going from yeah. Bantam to junior unless you're a Sidney Crosby or somebody. And for goaltenders, it's very uh, like you, you rarely see goalie's jump two levels uh, at any league right so you know you get your top drafted some top drafted goaltenders sometimes have to play a few seasons in the coast and and then they make their way up improve themselves in the AHL and then they get their their crack at the uh, at the NHL so it's uh, it's kind of the same mentality you kind of have to take the opportunities if you're lucky enough and and go with them
1: yeah i think uh everybody wants the jacket is is kind of the right the way i like to put it and um you know you want to be able to uh if you want to show guys at the next level that you're ready to play at the next level you got to take care of business where you are right yeah um and um and before you even make that jump you know you gotta you really just gotta focus on i was always and i was fortunate enough to have my dad and we were kind of on the same page about you know really kind of baby step in the whole way. And obviously I wasn't, um, a, a very tall guy. So I, th- I felt like lengthening my development was the right thing. It would give me a little more time to grow, um, which didn't happen very much, but it, it, I got stronger. You get more experience, right. And, um, you know, that thing between your ears becomes, a, a just an enormous tool. Um, but really focusing on your development along the way, proving, you know, dominating whatever league you're in and then making that jump to the next level and then figuring it out there instead of, you know, trying to fast forward your whole your whole journey, right? You got to kind of enjoy the ride a little bit. Everybody's so focused on just getting to the NHL as quickly as possible. But, you know, like you detailed, there is a right way to develop. And then I think a lot of people nowadays have really lost track of that proper development. Um, I don't know what you think about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, when you see when you see the guys kind of go through the whole development curve and the whole journey of being a goaltender, there's, you know, realistically, like, I don't know what the percentages are, but they're very small that you'll be playing goaltender when you're over 30, you know? So like it's, it's, you're, you're, you're really like lucky and you've obviously have done everything correctly to, to play it at that age. But there's so many things that like, you just need to kind of take it step by step because, you know, you don't need to move on right away to the next level to kind of enjoy your, your training and your the process of playing. Like it's, it's a step-by-step thing and that's, there's no shame in playing in like a lower level league or, you know, a lower level pro league or playing division three college. Like if you're, if you're good enough and you do well and, you have good experiences that's kind of like what it's all about because at the end of the day there's you know it's guys guys will play until they're until they're like until they can anymore but like you know everybody kind of has a time when you can't play anymore and that's just the the reality of it so I wouldn't my advice would be don't be in a rush to to leave something that that might be good right like you know if you're if you're playing junior a and they and you're trying to get to university right away, like you know, just take your time and and enjoy while you're playing junior. Don't don't be asking for a trade because you're worried about getting a a look for college because you heard that junior team has better college. You know, that's kind of go through that with guys a lot to really just thinking about. Oh, I got to get, I got to be Division One. I, I got to play Division One right away. I got to I got to get a trade because it's not working out here. Well, you know, at least you got a job and you're you're playing so and that's kind of sometimes guys get a little lost with that right so
1: yeah i'm a i'm a big uh fan of that as well it's kind of been uh you know talking about puck trajectory i i'm 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 a big fan of of that concept as well it was something that um honestly back in in sort of the late 90s when i was young they were you know uh they were teaching us to do like the windmill still and uh, my dad kind of came up with the the idea at the time. He's like, "Well, what about the trajectory of the puck?" He's like, "You have to catch the puck in front of you, right?" And obviously, it's it's uh, you know, he's like, "If you catch it earlier in in its sort of trajectory, then it doesn't rise as much, and it's kind of easier to make that save." And it's obviously evolved uh, to something a little more than that. But it's something that I've um, really dialed in on, and it's part of sort of my um one of my core pillars of of the way I play that helps contribute to my success I think that if your hands are out in front you can it's it's a lot easier to make saves um you know you're cutting that puck off before it has a chance to rise or go around you you know if you want to play bigger I always say that you need to get closer to the puck right um you don't want to over challenge you want to know how you frame the net but that's a way where if you if you kind of hood your your hands over the puck or you attack the puck with your hands it's a way you can play bigger without having to take a, a crazy amount of ice. Maybe you can, maybe you can jump into why exactly you think it's so important for somebody to have their hands out in front of them and have more active hands.
0: Yeah. And that, that's something that for me, like earlier on in my coaching, that was something I was super into and super like kind of obsessed with studying was, was using the, how to project your hands in proper situations and, 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 and glove placement. And it all comes down to me, like, right now with glove placement which is a whole nother podcast you could have talked to people about glove placement <laughs> you know fingertips down hand to the side blocking yeah. glove position like there's so many different so many different methods that are being taught out there but what i'm seeing and and you can look at you know 80% of nhl goaltenders are probably more are doing it is that they're they have their hands kind of even to each other they're they're there you can draw a direct line across and they're, mm. they're in front of their eyes, you know, and your elbows are unlocked, right? So they're unlocked off your body. And that goes back to just an athletic, being in an athletic stance. If you look up athletic stance, it's just the general rule of thumb. Um, you know, having having your gloves presented in tight is a, is a big one, but it also is a timing thing. You know, if the puck's in tight and you want to get your glove over the puck, you want to get that pocket of the glove directly over the puck and mm-hmm. that angle. And if you can see from puck point of view, there's not much to shoot at when you use your, your hands in tight. So a lot of people say they it'll make, it'll open up holes, but if you're in tight and you, you use your gloves in tight like that and take it away, you gotta, you gotta be able to do that. And if you have a, like a fingertips down position, your gloves like above your shoulder, it's, it's just so hard to move your hand back. You you know you're getting beat low. Yeah. You're getting beat low glove all the time, and it's uh you know it's an it's an issue probably with younger goaltenders where they have their hands up, up really high because they're trying to cover that high part of the net. And but the puck is coming off the ice and it it will find that hole between, mm. you know between your glove and your leg. And you want to be kind of nice and even, right? You have your hands nice and even. That keeps your whole body balanced. And it's about your whole body being balanced and being able to use your, your hands and your arms as much as you can, as much as you can and controlling the game. You know, whole yeah. control the game with their, their gloves, can control the game with their gloves, it, it definitely um, controls the game so well because, you know, if the puck is going into your pocket every time, there's no rebound. And if you're steering pucks into the corner off your blocker every time, it, it's a lot less work for you. So that's, yeah. uh, protecting your hands is huge.
1: What so you know? Obviously, we could go on for hours about you know hand positioning stuff like that, but maybe we can kind of stay on that for for another couple minutes here. How exactly do you, you know, explain the whole concept to your goalies about you know where it should be in terms of high or low? Does does it line up with the pads? Like where are the fingertips sort of facing that you teach your guys at, at least?
0: Yeah, so I I like I like to start the goalie out and. And actually this is a problem even at the highest levels is I, I like to look at where their elbows are. And a lot of times goaltenders when they're going down, their elbows will come back and, yes, and bring I see hands, that too. Bring their <laughs> hands to the side. And yeah, it's and it and that I like to see where the elbows are at. And the first thing I'll try and adjust is where your elbows at. And then and then kind of see the angle of your glove. For me, I, I love having the the angle of the glove, just, just nice and even, almost, uh, almost like flat. So you're just, you're not fingertips down and you're not facing your pocket towards the ceiling. It's just nice and even and, and creating less movement as the puck is coming in. So you're trying to time your glove with the puck to go directly into your pocket and then close. Mm -hmm. So one little trick I tell the goaltenders is sometimes, and Everybody always says, oh, like Hendrick Lundqvist, because he doesn't close his glove that often. Yeah. But it's like, try and catch the puck into your pocket and then close your glove after. I'm not saying don't close your glove. I'm just saying get try and work in practice of having that puck go yeah. into your pocket every single time. Because the way gloves are now, if it hits your pocket, it's staying in your glove, you close it up, and and then that's the end of the, the end of the yeah. play. So that's a big thing with me is is really watching slowing and you can do this at home on off your ipad if you have your ipad on the ice and slow your glove down frame by frame especially when you're getting beat low low pad like if you're getting beat just over your pad and just below your glove there might be an issue there of, the, of your glove being slightly too high and too much rotation at your glove where you're just you're missing the puck because you know there's been some studies uh of shots, like if you're facing a like an eighty mile an hour shot from the slot, like it gets to a certain point where you can't react. You, you, yeah, you, you can't physically use your eyes to react to it, and it's it's all about your positioning so and it, it's almost like a soccer goalie anticipating which side to to lunge to. It's like a goaltender, you gotta almost anticipate. Uh, reading the stick, where the the puck is going, what area the puck is going to, and if you have your glove in the proper position, you can lean, and that that puck will go into your your glove because you're like you're shifting into it, and your your glove angles uh, align properly. That'll just hit your glove and stay in your glove. So it's kind of like that concept sometimes for the shots that are coming from the mid range that you really really want to like focus on and that's that's an area with goaltenders at you know from major midget up and even in major bantam that you want to really focus on on those mid-range shots because you know every goalie can catch pucks and steer pucks from you know outside of the outside of the dots and out higher if there's no traffic or anything so it's really your hand positioning for mid-range and in tight and we went over the in tight stuff of of using your hands to project but it's that mid range area where a lot of goalies don't adjust their glove position
1: yeah no i love that man it's uh i i honestly think it's you know we're we're coming out of the era of the Jiguer era now right um but uh still to this day i i feel like there could be a much better conversation surrounding around sort of the the active hands even if you go down in your butterfly right like even a lot of guys are learning to be more patient but obviously the butterfly has just become so prevalent in, in, in goaltending culture across the globe um but just being able to get the hands up you have them out uh whether you go up whether you stay up or go down you still have an opportunity to to catch those pucks up high and and down low right
0: yeah and another thing that i i see just from you know i'll, I'll admit it like a few years ago i was really probably was teaching a lot of active hands, active hands. And that a lot of people were talking about it, like be active with your hands. Try it. There, It got to a point where I was like, you know what? The hands are causing so many problems because you're trying to catch pucks right. in front of your body when the shot's from the slot. And right. you got no idea. it's hitting your glove and you got no idea where it's going because you're just, your hands are too active. It kind of got to the point too where you're going down and your hands are so out in front, it was kind of throwing your balance off. So I, I really started to to do training with the guys on pushing their shoulders forward, which naturally pushes your hands forward when you're going down without bending. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it comes from your 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 head, like kind of your head trajectory, your nose, and your shoulders pushing forward, which automatically pushes your hands forward, which is it's all connected, but it keeps your body forward over the puck, but it's mm-hmm. not like overextending in those situations. So I I see that with goalies. They'll go down in their butterfly and their gloves will still be like way out in front. And there's like this huge gap between their pad and their glove or their blocker right. and their pad. And you're like, well, you know, the shots coming from the ice from the hash marks or just from inside the circle. And you got these these huge holes here and you're getting beat there. Cause you can't react. You can't activate your hands quick enough to make the save. Like right. just, have your hands low, but push them forward and it'll take away the angle. And uh, that's, that's kind of like something that I think with goalie coaches, especially guys that are, that want to, they want to teach active hands. You have to realize that there's times where the, the active hands can't be used. It's all about just the positioning and the balance of the goaltender's stance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing this, uh, there's this big conversation now around efficiency, right? And it kind of relates to what you were just saying with the hands a little bit, right? Sometimes less is more.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and shifting in the pucks is like another, you know, catchphrase that you're hearing a lot now too. Yeah. And, and, you know, kind of shifting your body into the pucks and the Swedish guys do it so well, like they're using their shoulder uh, I mean, when you' blocker pulling your blocker up underneath your armpit and building that kind of wall with your shoulder is a great way to to start out to practice making some like kind of shoulder saves too because that's another part of your game if you get caught with your hands too low, you're able to bring your glove up and and use your shoulder or shift in the the puck sometimes too and that's that's another type of save that that can be a, you know, I think we could work more on and, and just understanding what what you're covering in the net when you when you do that.
1: Yeah. I'm just curious, uh, you know, maybe you can kind of, what's, what's probably like the biggest hack, you know, that you've been able to develop either like some type of drill or office or, or, you know, mental hack, I don't know, whatever it is. What's, what's the biggest hack you think that you've developed that you've shared with your goaltenders that's allowed them to find a massive success?
0: Oh, uh, that's, uh, I'm trying to think like what would be the, you know, for me, I guess, a lot of reason that goalies when goalies come to me, like based on the videos and the training that they see that it's, it's a lot about the, the hands and, and the mm-hmm. art blocking. So I guess that, that the hand, the hand stuff would be kind of like my, my hack would be the, the, the usage of your hands and when to use them. And, and also like the, the mapping of where you should be in the net. So like the box. Yeah. Stuff. So that's kind of, That's kind of like something that I think is a hack. Another hack that I would really kind of emphasize is, is your footwork. When to use, when to use a T push, when to use a shuffle, when to use your lateral release or long shuffle and and drop, you know, that's, that's the biggest hack I've seen is eliminating butterflies sliding as much as possible and, and adding the lateral release, drop, like where you're doing a long shuffle yeah. and turning it into a, and turning it into a, a butterfly save. Yeah. Like instead a
1: delayed of, slide almost. Right. Yeah,
0: instead of butterfly sliding. Cause really I've gotten to the point with some goalies where their, their footwork is so dialed in that they're really only doing a butterfly slide when, when a puck gets ahead of them and it's going towards the, the back door and right. they have to slide, but they understand too, that they read the play a little bit slow the puck got ahead of them and they have to slide like a desperation save. Like, it's like almost like a desperation save. You know, when you're diving across the net, you say, well, you got out of position, you made a, you came flying across the net and made a two pad stack, something crazy You know, like that. It's the same mentality for me for a butterfly slide. It's like, if you don't have to butterfly slide to make the save like that, great. Like that, that means you're, you're ahead of the play. You beat them. Right. Or you started to beat them on your feet, and you you got down with a, a nice lateral release, and that that creates so many benefits for a goaltender when they when they do that because they're after the save, they're more in position to make a second save, and and they're not sliding completely out of position. They don't have to recover as quickly. So I guess that would be my hack or advice.
1: Yeah. So how do you work on uh, you know, maybe maybe you can detail a drill that people can do for hands and then uh, one also for the the shuffle versus T push, uh, the the delay slide kind of thing you discussed.
0: Uh hands uh I I love I love uh the for most goalies even at the highest levels, but especially for younger goalies is is getting two piles of pucks, putting them in, Directly above the hash marks in most rinks, it, it works. And, and just practice leaning and watching the shot in and bringing your glove with you if you're on the blocker side and bringing your full body across and, and making the save without moving your pads at all. And the same, then you lean back to the opposite side. You bring your blocker and your stick with you and and catch the puck on the other side. That would be kind of like my my basic uh, warm-up drill if we were focusing on hands. Mm-hmm. that day and then and then kind of progressing it to something maybe where i'm using my stick i i often use my stick as a a tracking tool i'll put it in front of their eyes and they track the stick and then i go to a puck that's almost behind them and they have to turn their whole body and activate their glove out and and, and complete like a slide or or maybe it's a butterfly and they got to do a down push to get to it and and that's that's something i like to do just to to help the goaltender realize that if he doesn't bring it, if he's facing a shot on the glove side and he doesn't bring his blocker fully over with him and his stick, it's a lot harder to get your glove over it. And that's like one thing that I, I love to teach goalies is that to fully rotate their body towards the puck mm. uh, before they start to move.
1: Right. Really get that pivot in, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, the, the hip motion of turning your, your head and then your, your blocker and your glove towards the puck or, or the opposite. So just turning and, and moving your your body towards the puck it's it's, yeah. it's so important
1: mm-hmm. yeah well i know you're uh, you're also the we mentioned earlier um co-founder of the x tracker but also the quick pegs and um you know but but and we we talked a bit about the x Tracker already but for conversation's sake i'm just curious um you know i want to dabble a bit into the quick pegs and, and get your opinion and uh, for everybody listening who doesn't know where they are, the quick pegs, they, they're they blue and they have three tongs, you know, they go deep into the ice and then it has a shield around the post. So it doesn't really ruin your blade. Um, maybe you can just talk about the origin story of it. Yeah. And then um, I'm also curious if you ever see posts in the NHL changing at all to something that sort of favors that same concept a little more, like integrating a piece of plastic into the bottom part of the net or, or the post or something. So it doesn't ruin goalie skates.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the the anchor pegs story is is a funny one, I guess. It's it was uh came up over a couple of beers one night with uh one of my uh one of my buddies and then uh so what happened was basically I started my goalie school, went online to look up pegs. I needed eight sets of pegs for my eight nets. Uh, our rink had these two sets of pegs, and I couldn't believe I just came back from Europe. I couldn't believe how bad the the pegs were in our <laughs> arena. I was like, "How how can we even practice like revert RVH or, or any pole? Yeah. This is ridiculous." And then I came to find out, go online, there was absolutely nothing available for like pegs that I thought would work better than the pegs at the rink. You know, it, yeah. because like in Europe, they just drill they drill a hole, and most of the nets have a like a attached. Uh, like attached to it is a long peg and you just drill a hole and you put it in. And then they have, mm-hmm. that's where they put the the marsh, like the NHL style marsh pegs. And so it wasn't really an issue. So when I came back home, I was like, man, this is, this is ridiculous. Like, I, I just want to, want to make a, like, I basically went to a, 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 a goalie that I was a, a men's league goalie that was doing some men's league goalie training with me. And he was like, kind of, he's kind of like a trades guy that was making, mm. he made like a couple different products before and, and just like really hands on. I said, Hey, could you make me like 10 sets of plastic pegs? And all I want is two screws in them, like two long, like nail type screws. Yeah. We'll just dr- drive and jam into the ice and the net won't move when we're doing stuff side to side. So he came back and made these, these pegs out of this, uh, this urethane and 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 it, he like they were wicked they were they started out they had three prongs in them that that didn't work at all like the, it was chewing it was taking up huge chunks. yeah yeah so then we went to two to two spikes side to side and they would and we made the tips as sharp as possible dropped them in and and they worked like unbelievably well like they just the net stayed on and it was like incredible i was like wow i was like and i and i went online to try and buy pegs and I couldn't find it. So maybe there's a maybe there's an opportunity to like get these into the hands of goalie coaches yeah. everywhere. And, and uh, I threw a picture up of these white pegs with the two spikes and I said, hey we got like we made I think we made I had to make 50 of them the for the initial run because we had bought that much uh, urethane for it in plastic. And uh I sold them right away and I said, oh man, this is like could be a little like business here. So then we kind of developed a <laughs> peg and what I found out was was like, you know, are, are they safe? People were like, those, are, those can't be safe with those spikes in. But basically what, from testing, I made that peg a lot shorter. I made the peg like really short. It was subby. Yeah. And I said, you know, well, it's, it's short and it's, it's pegged in from like east to west, side to side. So when a right. player slams into the net, the peg would actually cut through the ice and, and pop off. So there wasn't, there was actually like a, I had made a, a safety, a safety innovation on it that I didn't even realize until, until after that, you know, they, they cut through the ice and they, they pop off and, 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 and they ended up being like, like I've never, it's been six years and I'll knock on wood. I've never had uh, uh anybody try and sue me or complain about an injury off yeah. quick anchor pegs. And they, they ended up, those those white pegs ended up being used in uh in an emergency situation at the double IHF women's world championships i think it was like in buffalo the the second rink just had terrible pegs and and uh nora ratu the the goaltender for finland she was like one of the best women's goalies that that has played um she had a set in her bag and she fired them out onto the ice and said throw these in for the for for their youth in that game and and then uh they've been they were used in the Traverse City uh NHL prospects uh games that they they would have uh every year they used to do this uh Traverse City kind of four or five teams would come and play a bunch of kind of the rookie squads and and then uh then all of a sudden like over to, over about a year like NHL goalie coaches were like hey we need pegs for like when we're on the road and we're at this practice facility like they don't we don't they don't have pegs it might be at like a a college rink or something or or something where they just don't have good pegs. Like we need to provide our own pegs. So like then we started selling to the NHL teams and then over time uh, I said, well, you know, people were complaining about the length of the spike. I said, let's make the spike adjustable. Mm. And then we made the spike adjustable so you could adjust to the different lengths of the uh, the width of the ice, like uh, the the depth of the ice. So we made all these like adjustable pegs that were the same, this did the same thing, but you could actually replace the spikes that they ever wore out and, and actually adjust the uh, length of the spike. And that gave guys a whole nother kind of level for anchoring the net. I said, you know what, like I'm sick of putting the, the edge tech pros that like, they would always kind of fall off the net and, and they would like, I had to carry around like eight, eight or nine sets for each net to protect the edges. And I said, I should just make a peg that's, that's all in one. And then we came up then we came up with the, what we call the guardian anchor peg. And that's probably our most, it's most visible, I guess. And it's one of the most popular pegs we have. So we came up with that. And like, I think at one point we had almost every NHL team carrying them for practices. And, and there's like, you know, I I remember seeing like there's a batch of great photos from uh, Las Vegas. Uh, Golden Knights had them with flurry on them and, I know like Carter hard with the flyers had a set out on with the flyers. And I saw like one time they were playing like a training camp scrimmage and they, they use them for like a full game against the Islanders. And I, that was kind of, that was kind of cool to see, but then I, then I took the guardians and basically said, well, you know, the edge protection is great, but let's see if I can create a little like air pocket almost to, to reduce the, uh, the absorption for the goaltenders when they're doing reverse. So there's actually, this is a like kind of a tech spec that nobody even really, I don't even really talk about it, but like people don't even realize it's like, I made the guardians kind of cushioned, So when you're doing your reverse, it doesn't, uh, it it doesn't like slam on your ankles, It it, it some uh, some mobility in your ankle. So you're, you're not constantly slamming into the post and putting all that pressure on your, on your ankle and your knees when you're doing reverse. So, that was like another little adjustment we made. So, so over time that kind of, you know, we kind of innovated that to a level where it was like, you know, it became a business, I guess. And, and uh, yeah, they're still, still pretty popular. And we've, we've come out with a couple of different products too. Like we make little mini net pegs for the, for youth hockey. And, and we make ones that are the European size. Cause a lot of the European nets uh, have really small pipes here. So we made like one of a, smaller guardian version
1: and yeah it's uh anybody who wants to purchase them that I'll, I'll also put the links uh, in the show notes as well but i i have a funny story regarding the the quick pegs the smaller ones the white ones actually um well we had them in college when i was in college my goalie coach got them and uh, he was like and we loved them same thing right because they're side by side so when you're going post to post they stick but if people hit it, it it's fine it, it the net comes off but i had a situation last year um in uh or sorry two years ago my first year in knoxville in the sphl and because of the way the ice was built um like the pipes the cooling pipes ran like right underneath the crease yeah. so basically they couldn't drill like the marsh pegs in Or they couldn't do any drilling at all, in fact. So we had these pegs, and they were – have never even seen pegs like this. They were, like – they had, like, a Y come off of them with, like, two little bumps, not even, like, tongs, that were, like, on the inside of the net. So basically every time you were, like, on the post, you would, like, step on the metal because it protruded along the ice from the post. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it sounds like the – there was like a, a peg called the Wiley peg. It had like a green top on it with a wide base. Might've been something like that.
1: Yeah, it was bad. I, and I remember playing one game with it and I was stepping all over it and I ruined my blades. And I said something to the, I said, hey, like, or I said something to the refs actually. And it was actually before, I think this might've even been, oh man, I'm I'm trying to remember. But basically what happened was the next time Uh, we went out, they had your pegs, they had the quick pegs and we used the quick pegs for the nets until this year, this, this year that just passed, they redid the rink and the floor and everything. So they could put the marsh pegs in, but basically we're using them for pro hockey games for the whole year.
0: (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. And that's, that's funny. Like I know a lot of rinks, like a lot of college rinks too, like they don't have the marsh peg. System embedded into the ice, and like there's really there really wasn't much of a solution to it other than the hanker pegs. So it was. Now I think some of the colleges made it mandatory, some of the leagues to that they had to to do that. But then like when they went to look at it, it was like tens of thousands of dollars to like.
1: Yeah. You
0: know we're 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 still going, and but it was kind of a it was a kind of a fun ride, you know, uh, to see it evolve. So it kind of led right into other products too. So.
1: Well, maybe you can touch on. Do you think the NHL will will change the the framing of the net a little bit to favor that?
0: Yeah, I feel like there's, and I've seen some segments on it. Like there's there's been issues in the NHL with with their with the marsh peg system at times, and like with the net coming off and stuff. But I, I feel like that that flexibility of the the marsh peg is still like tough to beat for an NHL game. Like it's yeah, it's pretty good, right? But I I'd be interested to see, you know, like you you mentioned, like it would be interesting to see if they ever did something for the goaltenders where the, the bottom of the net was some kind of rubberized or like a urethane or like,
1: yeah. Like, I feel like you can just, the problem is is that you'd have to make that pretty universal, but yeah, I mean some, something that like clips in or, you know, just like clips into the post and it's flush and it's flat, but it kind of saves your blades because I mean, even with all the new steel they're coming out with, it still ruins the blades like crazy, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, and, and you know, in in a period of a game, if you you're, you're going skate on post and and you lose your edge, like it's it, it can screw you up for half the period. It screw half you half bad. And, oh yeah. You know, then you got to go get them sharpened, and sometimes you're just not in the position to switch out your blades and and have a fresh pair. So it's uh, you know, and then that being said, though, there's a certain amount of guys that buy pegs from us that they're like we don't want the guardians like the 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 goalies at the at like our nhl goalies or pro goalies or whatever want to feel what it's exactly like in a game right there's kind of that too so it's kind of uh interesting but you you never really know where that's gonna gonna lead i don't see why they couldn't make some modifications to the to the nhl net to kind of to help the goaltenders out, even just to soften the blow when they're going into the, uh, people are crashing into the net and when, uh, and when they're, I know, they're right. pushing mm-hmm. off of the right? so, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, Jack, do you have any last words of advice for everyone listening that you feel passionate about sharing?
0: Well, I think I pretty much covered it. I guess my, my words of advice are if you're, if you're a passionate goaltender, goalie coach, especially too, like just keep, keep working at it and keep going, going with and follow what you want to do. You know, there's like a lot of, there's always a lot of naysayers out there that say, you know, you can't, you can't goalie coach at a high level because you didn't play at a high level. And there's a lot of goaltenders out there that are being told because you played B hockey this year, you can't play triple A. And I'd say just, yeah, just keep working at it and have a good attitude. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, at least, you know, you, you gave it your best shot and, I think that's kind of important for coaches and, uh, and goalies is to keep on learning and keep pushing. And if you're passionate about it, you'll, you'll find your way.
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more, man. Um, you got to chase it. You only get one career. You only get one playing career. And then even as a coach, you only get one career. Right. So, uh, I, throughout my whole career, I always like didn't mind taking chances. Cause I, I always said to myself, Hey, if I, if I don't do this, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my night, my life. And, uh, you don't want to be living with regret at the end of it all, I guess, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing too. Sometimes you're put with tough tough uh, choices. That you you know you might have an opportunity to say, well, maybe I should just get on with my life and start you know working a you know a, a normal job or what whatever people are kind of telling you to do. And you know what, I think I got to that point with goalie coaching where people were like, well, when are you going to start actually like Get a career, and I'm just like, <laughs> you know, you know, kind of like when you're like 20. I was like, like 24. Yeah,
1: your parents, or your family, and friends, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, my family's always really supportive, but like, you know, just yeah, friends and stuff. Just like, you know, they got like corporate jobs or whatever, and they're like, like, right. like you're gonna like grow up and like, and it's like, no, man, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I love doing what I'm doing, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm feeding myself doing it, so I'm gonna yeah. keep doing it, like.
1: Like, yeah life's not always about the money which yeah. is what everybody makes it about right yeah. even playing in some of these minor leagues in europe like you might not make a fortune but you're enjoying what you're doing you're enjoying your life and and you're you know you're uh going on a bit of an adventure
0: right Yeah, and it's a good good quality of life and you are always look back i think anything that i've done i look back and say well i'm glad i kind of i'm glad i took the opportunity to go do it and you know even even with the consulting jobs that i did in like, you know, a lot of people are saying to me, like, oh, it's like great that you're coaching pro now and you're doing a full time thing. And I was like, yeah, but the first couple of years, you know, I only got my flights paid for and I was basically goalie coaching for free when I was doing like halting right. jobs in Norway and Denmark. Or like, or like I spent my own money to go to this goalie coaching conference or I spent, you know, uh, I always looked at it like a university education. Like, right. I, I, you know, I spent you got to put your time in and you got to kind of take your licks to, to evolve as a coach. Sometimes you got to like really start at the bottom and, and get thousands of hours of coaching under your belt before you can get to the next level. And, you know, even sitting here right now, I'm thinking like at, th- at this level, sometimes with the, with the level of hockey, I'm like, wow, this is kind of over my head. Sometimes I was like, you are still working out it, And I think that's why you, yeah. you see NHL coaches like, just in general there's you know they're 50 and 55 and older and stuff like that you're like you don't realize how long it takes to progress as a coach to kind of keep going and keep trying to make it to the next level so
1: yeah yeah well uh coach Hartigan thank you so much for coming on the show buddy um appreciate you taking some the the time to chat some development thanks for working through some of the Technical difficulties, and I know that uh, you know everyone today is going to just love getting some insight and you know what it really takes to get to the next level. So cheers, man! Um, can you just let people know though where they can get in touch with you online?
0: Yeah, absolutely. um I, I love to ramble and talk, and 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 sometimes I don't always really make sense when I'm talking, and I got a, a little bit of a list, so it's like whatever. But but yeah, basically you can reach reach out to me, and I any goalie guy that knows like picks up a phone call and tell him, I'll I'll talk to him and. And, uh, you can reach me at, uh, com. My email's is training at gmail.com. And, uh, actually I'm probably the most responsive on, on Instagram. That's where most of the action is. So for goalie coaches and, and, uh, you know, I think if you're a young goalie coach or if you're a, a goalie dad learning, like reach out to, to reach out to, uh, to us and reach out to guys like Justin Goldman and, and yeah. guys like, like yourself, like, we're all like even even if you want to try and reach out to some nhl goalie coaches you'd be surprised you know you'd be surprised what uh you'll get back i mean some guys might not answer but other guys will you know bring in and uh probably like you saw at the the global goalie retreat this year the online one like yeah big group of goalie coaches all different levels and and uh and your you guys are sharing resources and are willing to talk and sometimes I think you feel like you're you're out on your own island when you're running your own goalie school and stuff and maybe you're in a, a competitive area and nobody's really willing to, to share the secret sauce I think if you if you <laughs> to some guys that aren't in your area or whatever you'll you'll find that you'll get lots of lots of resources and uh and be able to access lots of info that you never thought that you could
1: yeah I mean uh you know, I was, I was talking to the guys at, uh, Ingle Mag and I was like, man, like, you know, 10, 10, years ago, there wasn't really much of anything online. Right. We barely even had Instagram. It wasn't, it was like, uh, even, we barely even had Facebook, you know what I mean? So there's, there's so many ways to connect with, with people now, you know, uh, especially Instagram, people just engage like crazy. So, and, and I always, my DMS are always open. I know, uh, Jack's are too, and, uh, I'll include all of his contact info in the show notes. So go check him out when you get a chance, but his school, um, you know, has experienced a, a plenty of success and he's one of the most well-known goalie coaches online. And, uh, I couldn't be happier to have him on today, but maybe somewhere down the road, we'll have you back on the show, man, if that's something. That interests
0: Absolutely. You. And, and one other thing I just thought of too, that just to leave sure. it open for uh, guys is like every year we do, a uh, we do our like kind of big train week. We call it a uh, pro week. And, uh, it's probably where you see a lot of the videos from. But uh, every year we have – Is that out east? Yeah, it's in Halifax. So Right on. It, we usually have – we have like a pro group, a junior group, and a band group, and right down to like a, uh, a Wee high-level group. And uh, basically it's like five hours of goalie coaching a day that, that you're on the ice for but and all kinds of off-ice and stuff. But basically, you know, it's for goalie coaches, we have a goalie coach mentorship program where if you send me an email or whatever, we usually take four or five guys every, every year and we, and uh, they come in and they get to get to learn some of the stuff that we're doing and share ideas with them. And we always bring in, we always bring in a, like an assortment of of different high level goalie coaches to kind of do some education. And we usually do, uh, we we usually do a little goalie coach convention. Uh, Sometimes it's affiliated with hockey Nova Scotia. The last uh, we've done three or four years where you, can come in and 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 do kind of some goalie coaching uh goalie coaching like certification and and mentorship and uh and we've had like you know most years we usually have like three or four different goalie coaches like uh, justin goldman usually comes up every year and and uh yuka Ropen from finland comes in Mm. five years in a row and then we we usually have like three or four major junior coaches that from around the from around the maritimes that that come in and uh yeah, we've had like guys come in from like Russia that as a mentor uh, in the mentorship program, and guys, from, nice. a couple guys from the United States, and guy a few guys from Ontario in the past. So it's it's something we don't really advertise a whole lot, but but it's it, it's there. And for goalie coaches out there that are that are interested, it, it's just a uh, something that you know reach out reach out. It might be something we can get you into. And we have a
1: yeah. Where can uh... Where should people look for more information, or where should they contact you to get started?
0: Yeah, just they can send me a message on on Instagram, but they can all or email, or they can. Uh, you, we're going to be announcing the camp uh, dates for this year um, next uh, next week, actually. So it'll be on our website. But we're going to try and bring back that coaches program. We d- we didn't get to do it last year because of COVID. We we did a, yeah we did a small camp, but it, it wasn't really the the same, but and the whole that whole idea of that program came from came from uh, going over to Yuka's camp at the goalie pro camp where he would always mm-hmm. take he would always take four four guys from North America that want to learn the, the the finish system. So he, you know he said to me, you should do that in Halifax when I come over, and that's kind of where it all started. So it's always, it's always a fun time. We have we have an absolute blast, and the, yeah, it's just something that's love to try and help out goalie coaches and that's uh that's what you're doing that's why i enjoyed sitting around all
1: right so for everybody listening uh i uh, like i said i'm going to include everything in the show notes there and you can hit up uh, uh jack uh personally if you have any more questions he's uh, very responsive on on instagram but uh jack I'm, I'm grateful for you coming on buddy uh good luck as the season gets underway soon i i appreciate the kind words but you take care of yourself safe say stay safe and we'll chat soon man
0: yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on.
1: Thanks for tuning to this week's episode, guys. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come onto the show in the next few months. And as a note, the last few weeks have been a bit of a scheduling mess trying to record with some high profile individuals. But the good news is, is we're back on track. And the end of the episode teaser announcements that we provide will be more accurate going forward. I, I appreciate everyone's patience. So thank you for bearing with me. But make sure to tune in next week. And every Tuesday from now on at 8am is next week, I have another active professional goaltender coming on the show. Former North Dakota Fighting Sioux starter and NCAA national champion currently playing for the Florida Everglades in the ECHL, Cam Johnson. And Cam has experienced just massive amounts of success throughout his career. He's been a super upbeat and energetic guy with, uh, you know, uh, with tons of experience. Um, He has an amazing story playing double A club hockey up until his midget year before Uh, You know sprouting into a late bloomer and having tons of success in college playing for one of the best programs in college hockey And uh, I couldn't be happier to have him on next episode to share his story and his amazing journey so far So make sure to tune back next week. You guys won't want to miss this one without further ado Here are the giveaway details for the Neurotracker X subscriptions We're giving away as well as plenty of other things like products books all sorts of stuff um, and the, and the goodie is if you enter our giveaway, you will be entered into every single giveaway we ever do on the show. That's right. We've had about 40 different winners so far and uh, only 105 people have, have left a, a review f- for the show. So to enter the giveaway... If you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. But once you leave a review of the podcast, take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. If you guys are also interested in getting started with the product, feel free to hit me up either by email or Instagram direct messages to get More details on the brand new Neural Tracker X product. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I'll see you next week.